Welcome, boils and ghouls, to Handle with Scare. We are a horror podcast presented by the Slashing Cast Network discussing horror movies and the phobias they emphasize. I, I am your host, Tumbly Drunk, and tonight I'm joined by none other than my co-host, Holly. And Holly, Hi. you know, we've, uh, we've, we've had some shifts in our schedules here as of late doing a couple double recordings yeah kind of on and yeah. off uh it's been a couple of weeks since we've talked to one another and it's been a lot of stuff has been happening lately uh so for starters let me just say right out of the gate uh that slashing cast did make an announcement here uh during that two-week span that they are bringing back the halloween virtual convention and that is going to be streamed alive october 29th through the 31st. Uh, so basically, right. this is a uh, free YouTube stream that uh, the network is doing. You're probably going to be seeing quite a few of the different podcasts with the network involved in this. I know you and I are also doing some stuff for this, uh, which, you know, I'm not going to say what said things are as of yet, but just know that we do have some things planned out, as do some other podcasters on our network. Uh, it's going to be a 3D event. It's free uh, to view. I know they got a VIP thing for one of the days as well for people that do want to chip in, uh, which will also have some sort of collaboration effort. Uh, but, you know, I'm really excited for this, seeing what everyone is doing. But I'm really excited for what we're doing because we're going to be talking about uh, some stuff that's out that we've enjoyed and uh, kind of have a little uh, tribute to okay. one of the Japanese oddities, which we haven't had an opportunity to kind of like dissect as of yet. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm stoked. Uh, but yeah, so outside of that, uh, I just had Dust to Dawn at the drive-in, which is something that uh, Flashback Horror Weekend does uh, like every fall, which is like a four-movie event uh, in the middle of fucking nowhere, Illinois. <laughs> it's like a two-hour <laughs> drive from where I'm at. Uh, and, uh, they were showing, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, was the second movie, and then after that they played Silent Night, Deadly Night, followed by Bloodsucking Freaks. Uh, now, I, I will note yeah. that they did kind of have, like, a local, uh, like, Chicago film crew who had, like, their independent movie as, like, the first one that were kind of tied into flashback, uh, from early in the year, which... You know, I watch a ton of indie films, and it was just, it was not, it was not good. Oh, uh, it was, man. it was brutal. So, you know, it's funny, like, normally, uh, I am not one to consider Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like, my pick-me-up movie. Uh, but on Saturday, <laughs> it absolutely was, because the entire time I'm watching this indie film, I'm just like, man, I am not drunk enough for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like uh brutal but how's your week's been you know i know uh you know you had some adventures earlier oh, today God. but outside of that you've been keeping busy these past couple weeks yeah you know i took a little trip um i won't say where uh it, okay well <laughs> it was hawaii it was fun but we're not supposed to be going there right now but it was they wouldn't refund my money so i was like ah fuck it i'll just go and it was cool you know like uh um i got a sunburn I got into a fight with my sister-in-law, you know, <laughs> vacation stuff. <laughs> no, it's totally cool. We're fine. But uh, I did. Yeah, it was. And this is why we couldn't do last Wednesday. We did mm -hmm. a, um, a double feature. But you know what? I don't mind those double features because by the time we're done with the first one, I'm still pretty amped. I'm like, yeah. And a little bit tipsy. And I'm like, let's go to the <laughs> second one. <laughs> so I don't really mind those at all. I think they're pretty great. But uh, I did miss. It was two weeks. That's a long time, T. Mm -hmm. Trevor, is it Trevor? Nope. <laughs> okay. It's not. Um, it's not. It's not the same initial as uh, my actual name. So. A pretty good hint. Thank you very much. <laughs> I only need twenty more, twenty-five more hints like those. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be done, Yanni. Uh, no. Uh, so so outside of that, I I caught a couple of new releases on demand. Uh, I watch mm -hmm. Bad Candy, which is a new anthology movie uh, with Zach Galligan and Corey Taylor. Oh, um, that is a hard pass. I do not recommend that one. Some just awful oh, no. CGI, um, 
the the second one was probably my favorite one, if only because that was the only one that kind of like had like the the sex appeal <laughs> for horror. But right. outside of that, like. Yeah, it was it was a rough watch. And, you know, I kind of expected that because anthology horror movies are all over the place and there's a lot more bad than there are good, let alone good ones throughout the entirety of the anthology. I, I'll, uh, I'll tell you, though, I love myself an anthology movie like there. It's my favorite fucking shit to do, especially mm-hmm. during Halloween. And even when they're shitty, at least they're really, really short little stories. So you're like, all right, well, this one sucked. Let's see another one. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I just really enjoy them. Yeah, and uh, speaking of anthologies, last night on Twisted Tuesday, we had a Mario Bava double feature. So the first Ooh. thing that we watched was Black Sunday, which was the first time I've seen that. Um, and, you know, I was honestly pretty surprised by that, but I think my favorite one yeah. out Good of one. a lot in that one was the first one, uh, The Telephone. Is that the one where um, it's a hot lady in her awesome, awesome, awesome apartment? Yes. And she gets a telephone call from her lover? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that was such a good one. But what a red apartment, right? Right. Jesus. Yes. And, you know, my way into one of those. Like, with, with every, like, Italian horror movie, you know, the thing that I always find comical uh, with Italy is you always have, like, these really gorgeous Italian women, and then all the men, mm-hmm. for the most part, are all hideous. You know, it's it's, it's <laughs> an interesting, like, counter. Years older. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, like, they're, they're so attractive to the older businessman over there, but, mm-hmm. like, the age variance is, like, huge, especially when you think about uh, all of the young women in these in these movies are like early 20s, right. just super done up and a lot of makeup and big hair that you're like, oh, they're supposed to... No, they're like 22. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but they are very, very beautiful. Yeah, so uh, the other new release that I caught was Prisoners of the Ghostland, which is the new Nicolas Cage movie uh, that has, which has Bill Mosley in it. And, okay, so... If you've seen any recent Nicolas Cage movies, you basically know what you're getting yourself into. Uh, I I love the roles that Cage has been doing here like these past five years where Mm -hmm. you can just see him in any batshit crazy movie and know that it's going to be entertaining (laughs) or at least washable, right? And uh, this one was no different. Uh, It's kind of... He's wonderful. Yeah, it's it's definitely kind of like that uh, dystopian, like Mad Max type setup, kind of just with the Japan, you know, backdrop. Uh, Mm -hmm. But like Bill Mosley in this had an absolute character. Uh, so I definitely recommend that one. So it's very engaging, it's entertaining, and really, like, you can't go wrong with Nick Cage nowadays, because he's been, he hasn't really had too many misses here, uh, as of late, and I just like that he's just differentiating himself, and just going wherever the fucking, like, (laughs) like, uh, like, script takes him, you know, because Mm -hmm. he's just popping into, like, any small movie, really, it seems like, in indie. Well, I really think, you know, I hope he's rich enough because Lord knows he fucking deserves every penny. Mm. But uh, yeah, ever since the beginning, he's always had this really crazy acting style. Right. And um, and of course, in films like Raising Arizona, like if that shit fits right in. But then you got stuff like, uh, well, you would think that he would be out of place in more serious roles uh, or like there's that comedy with Cher that he did, uh, mm-hmm. Moonstruck. And I actually really fucking love that movie. <laughs> and, um he has crazy. He's he's a crazy dude in that, and he is amazing. And uh, I just um, I, I just love him a lot. And I can't think of a bad movie. Even the shitty ones are pretty entertaining. <laughs> Even Con Air was entertaining. Mm-hmm. Even like you know The Rock was so entertaining. So I um I love him. I love Nick Cage. And if you see him, you tell him I said so. <laughs> All right, but anyways, getting back on track here. So these past couple of weeks. Uh, we have been deep diving into a telephobia as we are chasing perfection. Uh, on our on our last episode, we saw how the only truth is music with the Netflix original, The Perfection. Mm-hmm. And you know, tonight, you know, we are just going straight for the scalp with the stylist, which was released in 2020, directed by Jill Six and. Holly, you watched this one before I did. This is one that had been on my radar for quite some time. And, you know, this is going to tie in, like most things have, uh, with this uh, 
you know, this month, really. Uh, you know, the Sasuke sisters were hyping this one up, promoting this quite a bit uh, when this was, like, in the festival scene. So this is, that's how I first heard about it was through their social media. Uh, and then I watched uh, the short film. And then, you know, I saw, like, it was getting crowdfunded. Uh, they, you know, were bringing in a ton of money. It got made into a feature-length film. And then, you know... Fast forward however long it was since I first heard about it, and then we finally got uh, the video on demand release. And I have to say, like, I was pleasantly surprised by Same. this movie. <laughs> I thought it was really good. I mean, I um, I kind of had, like, my expectations were a little lower just because, uh, you know, I hadn't really heard mm -hmm. about it. And um, I, I watched it actually a couple times. Uh, in like within the span of one week because I paid two dollars to watch it through Amazon and I was going to get my motherfucking money's worth. <laughs> but as I was watching, like you kind of see more and more uh, like details of like just the, the thoughtfulness that was involved in making this movie. And um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big fan. The more I think about it, the more I like it. And I went online to sort of do a little research to see what other people were thinking about it. And it's interesting, you know, like uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, it has something like 90%, mm -hmm. which is a fantastic score. But then uh, some of uh, uh, in other reviews, like I think IMD, I think it has like a five point something or other out of 10, which is, you know, just very, uh, it, it just doesn't gel with like what, you know, what other people are saying. And so reading through some of the reviews, I, I was so surprised that there's many reviewers that just didn't get what was happening. But before we really get into it, maybe we should just tell people a movie. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the, the, <laughs> short, the short form plot is a lonely hairstylist becomes obsessed with the lives of her clients uh, and descends into madness. I don't know, like in my notes, like the synopsis uh, didn't completely pace. But that's basically in the movie. But anyways, so we meet Claire, uh, who is awaiting her next hair appointment client. Uh, and this is when we meet this young graphic designer uh, who is traveling for work, despite the fact that, you know, graphic design typically isn't a uh, a gig that you do on the go. That's like a remote yeah. job. I mean, I do that. I, I'm not tra I'm not traveling for graphic design. <laughs> Gonna say there's a couple of plot holes, but let's not. We can talk about those later. And I feel like yeah, it's very yeah. Minor. So, so and we're in horror, <laughs> you know, like it's a horror movie. Like it's not gonna be perfect. Yeah. So you know, Claire, uh, being like, yeah, I know a little bit about that, and she like she even admits like, hey, uh, it's kind of kind of weird, right? Like <laughs> you're usually not <laughs> traveling. Uh, and then this you know young woman is basically saying, well, you know, like I like to talk to my clients face to face. Yada yada, one thing leads to another. And, you know, the thing that I love about this movie is the intentions are known from the very uh, beginning. Yes. <laughs> so, like... The most graphic scene in the movie is the first one, which you would think would spoil the rest. It does not because you're just keeping it in your mind as she's doing her shit as, as you go throughout the movie. But that very first attack, mm -hmm. like, it's, um, it is, it, it is just very effective, very visceral, Tell them what happens. Yeah, so, you know, during this hair appointment, uh, Clay actually offers her a little bit of wine. Turns out that's just part of the whole setup to get them uh, induced enough in order to scalp them. Uh, yeah, always <laughs> wait for the PBR that's unopened. <laughs> yeah, or in this case, like Merlot or whatever. Uh, but, you know, we get we kind of like get that clientele early on where, you know, you have that back and forth between... Uh, the client and the hairdresser, uh, you know, opening up quite a bit about their personal lives. Uh, and this, you know, woman says that, you know, she's a mother of a boy who's like 12. You know, she's a wife. Uh, but, you know, she's kind of like texting that uh, she has a hookup in town. Boy toy. Uh, yeah, her boy toy. Uh, which, you know, isn't going to work out because uh, she's not going to make it there. But besides the point. Uh, and, you know, she's, like, completely just telling Claire all of this, primarily because, like, well, you're outside of my normal life, you're not someone that I'm ever going to see again, so, like, your your secret is basically safe. Like, my secret is safe with you, because I'm never going to see you again, and, like, what's the harm, really, in this case? Right. Uh, but, you know, little does she know uh, that when Claire's, you know, getting this uh, glass of wine, she slips something into it. Uh, and, you know, Claire kind of has, like, this point where, like, she's saying, like, she's a hairstylist because she likes to slip in and out of people's lives, 
And, you know, it's it's kind of like her way of, uh, like, having a family. <laughs> uh, so, you know, a couple of minutes later, you know, the woman ends up passing out. We see her dropping the glass of wine on the ground. And then that's when you see uh, the other use for Claire's scissors in this okay. case. And oh, it, no. You know, she scalps her, and you got the very slow, like, tugging. Anyway, <laughs> you have to make it long. She scalps her. She fucking scalps her, man. She Okay, now I think we've made enough of a scene, because I felt that that was, that was a huge thing, you know? Yeah, it was, because, like, it, it legit took her, like, at, like a, it felt like a minute for her to, like, fully yeah. take the scalp off and then She's put it on it. top of the... Uh, it's not like a mannequin head, but it's like, oh, it almost looked like it was glass. Yeah, it is a mannequin head. It's just not a mannequin, but, you know, same same uh, function. Mm -hmm. It's a wig stand. Oh, there we go. That's or a scalp stand. Stand scalp. Whatever. But yes, that's what she did. <laughs> ah, but anyways, uh, so, you know, this is what she's doing, uh, like, basically, like, after hours. She tends to work late quite a bit. So, you know, anytime she's setting up the the murder scene, you know, she puts a cover in over the uh, the the window, essentially, or, like, the doorway. Uh, mm -hmm. So no one can actually peek inside to know what is actually going on. So, you know, gotta, gotta cover your grounds. But she's, like, keeping all of these trophies in, like, this this cellar. Uh, and... <laughs> A lady cave. Basically. Uh, and, you know, in the short film, the cellar is basically like the, the end image. Because you basically get the the image of Claire trying on one of the scalps. And then, you know, kind of like parroting or mimicking uh, whoever she had just attacked. Which we do see quite a bit uh, in the movie, in this case. I, I actually really liked her lady cave. Except for the fact that it was scalp, scalped at scalps. Because um, it's, it's like a basement. But she's got all this, like retro antique uh mm -hmm. vanity which uh those are not easy to come by and uh <laughs> she's just she's got a lot of like frilly girl stuff that i was like that's nice oh that's cool oh move move the scalp aside that's pretty cool if it was just wigs i'd be like that's a you know that's a fun little basement you got there which is uh you know we can it's a little you know acknowledgement that this is a movie made by a lady with mm -hmm. you know the ladies front and center so i thought that was pretty neat yeah, and something that I thought was interesting about Claire in particular is this movie kind of sets the stage for you to feel really sympathetic towards the killer. <laughs> right. And it's it's done in such a good way, too, because there are a lot of moments sprinkled throughout this movie where Claire kind of has this fixation on things that she is missing in her life. Whether it is, like, nice earrings, uh, just a, a certain, like, hairstyle that maybe she can't do uh, for mm -hmm. herself or wear, uh, in this case. And, you know, sometimes she just uh, scalps it right off of someone, uh, in this case. Uh, but she's, she's, not, she's not really a social butterfly, despite the fact that uh, she has to deal with people pretty much on the regular, being a hairstylist, which I thought was or pretty nice. Yeah, or despite the fact that she's gorgeous. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, Najara, is that her name? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, she's she's absolutely beautiful. And uh, I think I mentioned this in our in our messages. I was like, oh, long lives the, 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 the tradition of super hot serial killers that nerdy or horny nerds are going to want to fix with their, with their love. Because they do that all the fucking time. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to say it out loud. I don't mind it. <laughs> You know, it's the uh, it's it's a Ted Bundy effect, basically. Exactly. <laughs> there was that one that remember that one movie from the early '90s or late, yeah, no, mid '90s, uh, where it's Brendan Fraser and he's like a religious zealot that ends up um, living with a uh, shoot, uh, I forgot her name, but it's 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 a ridiculous, crazy movie. But he's really hot in it, and he's really crazy, and he does a lot of weird shit. So you know, same thing, you know, getting people riled up. In the nineties, the o the only like Brendan Fraser movie I always draw back to is Bedazzled. Oh, that's a good one. Wait, no, it wasn't. That's not a good one. Blast from the Past is a good one. Mm -hmm. Gold Ties is pretty good too. Um, of course, all of them. I oh my gosh, I, yeah, I've seen a lot of Brendan Fraser movies. <laughs> <laughs> like early to mid nineties is like the pinnacle of Brendan Fraser. Although he's making a comeback, which is really cool. So. <laughs> 
I don't know how we got into Brendan. Oh yeah, I got us into Brendan Fraser. That was me. That was my fault. Yeah, yeah. All right, back to Najara. <laughs> All right, so uh, you know we we kind of get put through like the morning routines of Claire uh, and one of her clients, Olivia. Uh, and, you know, Claire basically has this routine of every morning going out to get coffee at the local coffee shop where, you know, the barista knows her order, uh, for better or worse. Uh, turns out, for, you know, for the barista, uh, probably not the best thing because it doesn't work out well for her, uh, as she's, she also has to work late for completely different reasons unrelated to actually killing people, uh, you know, because she has to deal with, like, all the high school kids not showing up to work. Uh, when yeah, they be. <laughs> that's real typical. I used to work at a movie theater. That's exactly what happens every day. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't care if you're at school. You come do your fucking shift. <laughs> yeah, I don't care if you have homework. Get in here. Ugh. <laughs> you're an idiot anyway. <laughs> Sorry, that's really mean. I, didn't, I never <laughs> talked to people like that. <laughs> uh, but anyways, so, as, right. as Claire's getting right her coffee... Uh, she realizes that she has a little bit of uh, blood splatter on her boots, uh, which she is desperately trying to, like, scuff off. And, you know, you kind of, like, get the onlookers looking at her. Uh, but nobody's looking at her because of that. Not Nobody directly, that right. Blood is. right. Yeah, like, she's just in, in her head, and she thinks everybody hates her, and that's a whole thing, right? So she's got this whole, like, psychotic thing going on. Yeah, there, I mean, there's an, a creepy old dude. Not He's not old. He's some creepy dude checking her out. He doesn't give a shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, so she she's that was an interesting moment. I think the whole scene was supposed to sort of, you know, indicate that like she's she's not comfortable in her own skin. I mean, clearly, right? That's the whole point of the movie. But uh, you know, just accentuate that, which was it was a nice little scene. Right. And she's also uh not as careful as maybe someone should be ah, in this situation, that's too. A good note too. Okay, although I will bring this up later uh, at a, when you get to a different mm-hmm. point of the story, because I was like, seriously, Claire? But yeah, well, I'll tell you all about it later. All right. Uh, so we have Olivia, who is reaching out to Claire about getting her hair done, uh, because Olivia is getting married uh, within the next like couple of weeks. Uh, and, you know, Claire typically doesn't do wedding hair. Uh, in this case, but she does eventually give in. Uh, and, you know, we, we kind of see this sequence throughout this movie where Claire kind of becomes, at different points, more and more of a burden uh, on on Olivia, kind of like being overbearing and always wanting to help out. And, you know, I, I know there's always the, the tales of, like, Pridezilla's or, it, you know, even Olivia brought up uh, uh-huh. Charlie... Uh, could even be Groomzilla in this case, uh, mm-hmm. which can also happen too. It's not it's not just, you know, some of the women who freak out and get, you know, really nervous during the big week and and everything. Oh, it stresses you the fuck out. Yeah. Absolutely. We've uh I've I've seen it happen to plenty of people. Uh but Claire <laughs> does eventually accept to do Olivia's hair for the wedding. Uh and that's when we see Olivia coming in for this appointment. Uh, and, you know, like, Olivia's basically, like, joking about the fact that, you know, she's feeling really calm, but, you know, Charlie, you know, not not so much. Uh, and the two of them end up planning a girls' night uh, so that, you know, Claire can kind of see the whole getup. You know, you can see the hair, you can go see the wedding dress, you know, the whole nine yards. Uh, and, you know, we end up going to Olivia's place. And, you know, one of the interesting things is, uh, you know, we know Olivia likes to go out and she runs every morning, uh, despite the fact that, you know, her fiancé bought her a treadmill, but she never uses it. You know, it's got it's got the uh, the gift bow still on it and everything completely unused. And Charlie despises the fact that she never uses it. You know, it's right. it's always the uh, overprotective... Uh, fiance in this case like oh i don't want you to go outside alone because you might get mm-hmm. mugged or something yeah you know? I, I had a row machine i never used but for different reasons because i wasn't working at it at all at least she was still in the in the pavement but uh uh yes but i guess the whole point being like it doesn't matter how safe you are if somebody wants in your life and wants to you know mess with you they can do it right and uh I mean, that's <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say, like the whole the whole running thing leads to one of my favorite parts of this movie. <laughs> later on in a, later on in the third act, we'll we'll get there. Okay. <laughs> uh, so you know we have Olivia and and Claire in this case, 
Uh, and, you know, Olivia slips into her wedding dress mm -hmm. with a little bit of help from Claire. Uh, Claire ends up snapping a few pictures to send to, uh, I want to say it was Olivia's mom in this case and some of the friends. But, yeah. you know, Claire has had some emotional breakdowns. You know, it's pretty evident, regardless of what we saw in the initial scene with the scalping incident, you know, she frequently kind of, like, breaks down uh, emotionally, whether it's in her car, whether it is at work. Uh, and, you know, a lot of it kind of stems from things that she doesn't have in her life uh, that was, like, kind of brought up in conversation with her clients. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Oh, you mean that whole comment, uh, oh, we always want what we can't have. Mm -hmm. That that thing, yeah, that, I mean, that came up quite a bit. Uh, they, they, they did do this weird thing where they would sort of repeat, like, just the audio of, of somebody said in a really low, um, on a really low volume throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. I had to put the subtitles on just so that I could catch it, because I'm like, what is that? What did they say? What was going on? But, you know, one thing that we, we forgot to talk about was after she scalped the, 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 that first client we talked about, and she's downstairs in her lady cave, and she puts on the scalp, she is mimicking the, the woman, right? Mm -hmm. Because I thought, I, I, thought, I thought, and I might be wrong about this, but I thought a big part of it was just that, well, not only is she lonely and, is she, and does she not have certain things, but she feels so uncomfortable in her own skin that sort of running away into somebody else's life is uh, like a huge sort of stress relief for her. It's a huge release. And so, you know, I think later it becomes more obvious too when she's chasing the dragon. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but, but I thought that was pretty neat, you know, like, you know, she, you know, she puts on that wig and she, she doesn't have to hate herself anymore, which um, I get you, Claire. I get you. Yeah. I mean, a, in a normal situation uh, from an outsider's perspective, they would be like, oh, you're lonely. Go buy a pet. She has a dog at home, right? <laughs> or I don't know, go literally anywhere else and like, uh, you know, make eye contact with, you know, somebody because <laughs> you're a very attractive person. Like they're going to come right over. It's going to be fine. Yeah. So like I said, yeah, I might have a I guess, percent clear. I, I guess Pepper <laughs> just isn't isn't cutting it. It's it's not enough. <laughs> Tiny little chihuahua. But yeah, she she, she doesn't. <laughs> Don't worry, she doesn't scalp the dog. You know, if that's no, your if that's your fine. concern, the do the dog is there. He's he's. I'm more concerned about still the dog at the end. Yeah, because like, what's you know, is Claire not going to be able to take care of him? I don't know. Yeah. It's a great ending though. So yeah, let's let's move <laughs> on. All right. So after the uh, the girls' night out, uh, Claire decides to make a late night pit stop over at the coffee house again. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is where she runs into the same barista that she always sees. Uh, but wait. Who is uh, wor working late. Yes. yes. So, but the reason that she is in uh, upset, because she is upset at this point. So she, when she leaves, um, uh, when, when she leaves the house and after they've, you know, get on the wedding dress and all that good stuff. Well, you know, you get a couple of tidbits. Like you mm -hmm. see her staring at the key in the door that has been forgotten in there. And um, uh, the boyfriend shows up and there's a weird, awkward exchange, right. which leaves Claire feeling very awkward and she feels like an idiot. And so she's so um, she's already so protective of this new friendship. And so she's hyper analyzing everything that she's doing. So she is mortified about having this awkward sort of exit to the night. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so she's upset and she ends up going to the coffee shop. But, you know, that's sort of setting up what's going to happen next, because every time this girl gets upset, somebody loses some hair. Yeah, and there, there was part of that exchange, too, that Claire fixates on specifically when it comes to the relationship between the bride and the groom. Uh, right. Because Charlie basically comes in, you know, he, he worked a long day, he's just looking to eat. Uh, yeah. And you have Olivia, who is just trying to tell him something, and Charlie just cuts her off and interrupts yeah. her. Uh, and that's something that's brought up on a number of occasions uh, by Claire, whether it's on the phone or in person later on during the wedding day. Mm -hmm. uh, but getting back to the coffee shop, we see the barista uh, who was actually working a late night because the teenage barista decided not to come in for, you know, whatever reason. Uh, we do end up meeting, I, I would assume, is the one who called in later on after shit goes down. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we see... No, she 
had already counted, you know, all of the cash in the register. So Claire gets coffee on the house because of that. Uh, on the house. Yep. She still does what she does. You know, uh, must not have been that great of coffee. <laughs> oh, if you get free shit, you'd be nice. Yeah, but, you, you know, the, the interesting thing about this in particular is, you know, this is kind of like out of Claire's comfort zone where normally she's dealing like with her own clients. And now she's kind of like ex right. expanding the market and targeting an another type of workplace because we do see her kind of like watching the barista as she is taking out the trash uh, before following her back inside. And then the next thing you know, like she's just dragging the barista by the hair uh, back into the coffee shop. <laughs> well, the implication is that she drugged her while she was still in the coffee shop, right? right? So, and I, I mean, earlier in the movie, there's a little bit of like that kind of... Uh, what do you call it? Sort of uh, the the polite customer exchange that that people that um, that work in service have with with, with customers. I mean, it's mm -hmm. it's a kindness. It's a it's a it's not exactly a friendship, or it's not at all a friendship, but it's a and it's 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 something that everybody appreciates, but that a lot of people mistake for, or at least want it to be a friendship, right? Mm -hmm. So that happens a lot to people, like you know, uh, who serve, uh, who wait on tables and stuff. So. I kind of I'm, I'm thinking that like, you know, she just likes the barista enough where it's like, oh, well, we mean, potentially we could have some sort of friendship or at least you're very soothing to me because, you know, my routine in a good, you know, in a nice way. You you say hello to me like you're nice to me. So I want more of that. So I want you in my collection is what's going on. <laughs> I, yeah. I need a sister. <laughs> yeah, but uh, things don't really go according to plan because uh, wow, really you know yeah. during during this whole process uh the barista actually regains consciousness as she is getting scalped in this case and you know seeing <laughs> this of course the barista's freaking the fuck out yeah as does claire in this case because that seems to be like <laughs> the first occurrence and then she's just <laughs> going to town rapidly stabbing yes. her in the face with the scissors <laughs> You know, I feel like the scalp could have still been salvaged, but maybe at that point, got a bail. But uh, um, but I, th I thought that was actually a pretty funny moment where she just, well, you know, because the barista wakes up, she freaks out and just does that whole stabbing and screaming at the same thing while shaking her head, <laughs> which mm -hmm. I don't know why I think it's so hilarious, but I thought it was. You know, murder is <laughs> Yeah, the barista's yeah. down. You know, we watch horror movies, okay? The, the, we, yes, horror This place is already short staffed because the teenager doesn't want to come into work, and now <laughs> you right. got the person who normally covers for them, and now, like, I, I don't no, know if anyone's going to get coffee at this point. Just straight coffee. <laughs> Room for milk if you want it. Yeah, you can milk just come in, get creamer, and then that's milk it. Milk not provided. <laughs> so, yes, she fucks that one up. Yep, but you know, it's not it's not always perfect. And you know, in many ways, the murders that Claire had leading up to this point weren't perfect either, because you know, initially mm -hmm. it was the blood on the shoes. Uh mm -hmm. now it's uh the barista waking up uh during the scalping process, uh, which was also the first time in this case. So, you know, mm -hmm. what what's what's gonna happen next? So not everything Slop is going here, according to here. plan. Uh, for Claire as of yet. But, you know, maybe she can rebound. You know, she could take, you know, a more relaxing night out, hit the town, because uh, she gets invited to this bachelorette party uh, by Olivia. And, of course, by the time Claire gets there, Olivia's already drunk. I mean, it's a bachelorette party. What do you expect <laughs> at this point exactly. in time? And, you know, we have this back and forth between them where, you know, Olivia confesses that, you know, she doesn't know what she's doing because, you know, she never really saw herself as someone who was going to get married uh, and how she feels like she is being interrupted by Charlie. And, you know, I, I think Claire spills. I don't know if it was a drink that was spilled on her during that scene because she went to the bathroom to, like, clean herself a lot of, like, up. You know, yeah, there's or, or maybe she just goes to the bathroom or something. I don't know. But she ends up in the bathroom. And of course, what happens? Uh, kind of reminiscent of uh, of Rabbit, actually. You know, Claire goes in oh, there, yeah. starts trying to clean herself up, and then some of the bridesmaids enter. Uh, and you know, Claire at this point is in one of the stalls, and of course, the bridesmaids are gossiping about how fucking weird Claire is and who invited her. And then they kind of like joke about 
not wanting to invite like their like baker to to the wedding or anything like that. Yeah, she's hanging out with the wrong ladies. Okay, my my group of girls would have been completely different. They're gonna be like, oh my gosh, she's so weird. I love her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like it's just and I and honestly, like three of my good friends are stylists. So let's hope I don't get scalped. I'm just saying <laughs> she was in the wrong girl group. Yeah, you need to show them the movie. I will. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh so so after hearing all of this, of course, after the night out drinking, Claire decides to follow one of these bridesmaids home. Uh, but turns out she's not alone. She actually left with another man from uh, mm-hmm. This this club or bar, whatever they were at. Uh, but, you know, that doesn't sway Claire from trying to proceed with the killing in this case. It's just an obstacle. And then she's like, it's really upset and uh, and does it anyway. Oh, wait, is this uh, this isn't the point at which she goes for the stranger? Is it? No, no, that was way after. Sorry, sorry. OK, yeah. So she goes into the house anyway and uh, hides in the bathroom. Mm hmm. And then sits in the in the tub while um, the friend comes in to pee. And the friend is so pissed drunk, she doesn't notice that somebody is sitting behind the shower curtain, which uh, this was one of the criticisms in one of the reviews. That's like, oh, how does she not see her? And I remember thinking, I've been that drunk. Mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of people have. <laughs> I, except they would have been in the closet and me peeing because I thought it was the bathroom. <laughs> I'm not that I've actually done that. I'm just saying it could happen. I mean, let's move on. It's 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 plausible, (laughs) right? But you know, despite you know, she she knows the guys there. You know, none none of them are like really sedated, so like she doesn't really have a plan. Like, yes, she Claire does grab like one of the pill bottles, Mm -hmm. which she even like rattles when she's in the tub while the chick is taking a piss. uh, In this case, not a lot, just a Uh, little bit. But regardless. You know, Claire knows that this is a pretty, like, high-risk uh, kill if she's going to proceed with it, and she actually opts against it uh, in mm-hmm. this case. So having a little bit of a second thought in this case, just because, you know, you do have that extra wrench being thrown into the plan with the guy being there mm-hmm. in this case. So not necessarily uh, the best winnable situation for Claire uh, in this case to add to her collection. And also, like... We haven't really seen her scalping men either. That's right. She only goes after ladies. And I was just going to say that um, maybe the whole point of the scene is that she's really losing control of her of her urges. Whereas, yeah. I mean, we don't know how in control she was in the first place. But if we take the very first kill as an example, then it was fairly controlled. You know, like she um, she the, the drug dosage was correct. She covered, you know, her uh, or she covered the windows before she attacked the woman. Uh, everything was clean, precise, except for that one little drop on her shoe, which still freaked her out. So this is kind of her unraveling a little bit, maybe. Maybe that's what's going mm-hmm. on there, where she's she shouldn't, like, why? There's a guy in there, and they're doing it. Like, why would you go in there? And she does anyway. She kind of skulks around a little bit, gets freaked out, leaves. So maybe just, because that was pretty brazen. I, I, I was really confused about that scene. I was like, what's going on? Like, is the guy not there anymore? Like, I was kind of confused. So, um, and then I watched it again. But uh, maybe that's that's what that's all supposed to be about. Yeah, so at this point, we are itching closer and closer to the wedding. Uh, and, you know, Claire is becoming more and more apparent that she wants to help out as much as she can. So she keeps reaching out to Olivia. Uh, and this is when we start to see a bit of separation between the two, where Olivia feeling is feeling like, you know, Claire is becoming a bit too much to handle. Uh, and then this is where we start cl- to see Claire's obsession really starting to take more and more liking into Olivia, where, you know, we see her sitting in the park in the morning uh, when Olivia's right. out during her run. Uh, we later see Claire waiting for Olivia at her workplace, uh, which, you know, Olivia thought was kind of odd, like, hey, how did you know where I work? And, you know, turns, you know, she just kind of like, use the whole, uh, you know, client talk back and forth, you know, like you brought it up when you were hired here, and, you know, here I am, basically. Uh, but the two of them get in this heated argument uh, in regards to, like, needing space, and Claire kind of mistook that as a cry for help from Olivia needing space from mm-hmm. her fiancé. Charlie, yeah. Uh, that was a... 
that was a really fun scene. <laughs> Go finish it up, and I'm going to tell you why I think it was hilarious. Yeah, but but basically in this case, like, Olivia's just like, what the fuck? I, like, I would never let anyone say that to me. <laughs> so, you know, we, we kind of, like, have that... <laughs> That heated standoff in the in the parking lot where like okay oh. we need a couple of days we need to, we need to cool ourselves down and you know eventually they make up uh, in some retrospect. She's a hairstylist. <laughs> yeah. She needs it for the wedding. Yeah, I still need you to look perfect for the wedding. But man, like you know at that moment you're just like oh man Claire Claire's well, not going to like yeah. this. Yeah, <laughs> she's talking shit about Charlie and what. And and the and the thing that I can think about, which I was, it was Olivia, hundred percent, which is that, like, I'm getting married tomorrow or like whatever, like you know, this week. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? You tell me I shouldn't marry my fucking fiance? Mm -hmm. The shit's done, man. It's happening. Even if we get divorced a day later, you know, like this wedding is happening. I think like every bridezilla gets to that point where maybe it's a week, maybe it's two weeks, where it's just this train's kind of moving forward, you know, like mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, <laughs> like it's. You, cheats on you on the wedding day just make sure not to mail off the wedding certificate and rip it up afterwards you know what i mean it's just like the, everybody's coming we're having the fucking party so that's i totally gotta love you there i'm like yeah man just you can't talk shit about the dude the day before the wedding unless you have some good evidence i guess but you know well claire didn't really have anything so <laughs> no she did not she was just grasping or making up uh stories in her head you know like you know, she wanted to help, but, you know, at this point, she's she's too crazed to really, um, you know, too crazed for her own good. Yeah, it was all based on the first impression during a girl's night when Claire was over for pizza and wine. During a stressful week or yep. stressful situation of getting married. Oh, yeah, a lot of, you know, stressful shit goes down those weeks. Mm -hmm. And sometimes yeah. a lot of shit so don't know, goes Claire. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Can and will in, in different times. Uh, but anyway, so after this heated argument, uh, you know, Olivia doesn't want anything to do with Claire for a little bit. You know, got to cool off. But Claire is still very persistent at trying to get a hold of Olivia, whether it's via text, whether it's, you know, via phone call. Uh, and eventually, Charlie actually picks up the phone. Uh, and, you know, Claire brings up the fact that, you know, you were interrupting Ol Olivia. Uh, but, you know, Charlie just kind of, like, brushes it off. You know, yeah. says, like, everything's okay. Like, hey, are you still going to come to, you know, the wedding? Is everything good? I'm doing the hair, right? <laughs> you know, what's funny is that I would have had, like, I, I didn't turn down any help during my wedding. Like, I would have had Claire making little paper flowers and picking up my mom from the airport. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, you want to help? Awesome. You got a car? Even better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but that's just me. Anyways, right. So, uh, Charlie's really uh, not noticing, or rather, he doesn't care, right? right. That's the whole point, right? Because he is being a little, like he's being careless and um and not super polite but um and we don't really get a sense of who charlie is so we really can't judge him at all because these are such small interactions but uh yeah it's it's building up and that was really weird which like oh we're at the rehearsal dinner she's like you guys need wine no bitch, we got <laughs> wine it's a fucking rehearsal dinner and she's like i think i have a bottle i'm like what claire what are you doing, Claire? Yeah, like, like, what's one bottle going to do? So then Claire's like, exactly. you know, I'm going to throw my own party of sorts uh, at your place instead, right? Oh, so yeah. <laughs> during, during the night of the rehearsal dinner, Claire sneaks into Olivia's house uh, where, you know, we see her rummaging through Olivia's things. You know, she uh, she slips into something a little bit more comfortable when going through her That's closet. Olivia. Uh, and, you know, she finds her, her lipstick, she's going through all of her makeup, and then she eventually turns to mm -hmm. Olivia's vibrator. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm just like, at this point, like, is this place going there? Yeah. Uh, one needs to say... I thought it was going to get grosser. I thought that was going in her mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was I like, mean, oh, no, she's just thing. Oh, no, she's just masturbating. It's Yeah, fine. she's, she's masturbating just... with it, right? <laughs> and, you know, this whole time, you know, she's like... She's starting to climax. She's gripping, you know, the bed sheets. Uh, but, you know, before we can get too into it, uh, she's interrupted by Olivia and uh, I want to say it's her sister. It's uh, her sister, yeah. Uh, returning home. Uh, and, you know, Claire ends up slipping out of the bathroom window, which she leaves open. And, you know, sister comes in, sees that it's open, closes it. But, you know, we don't have any indication of whether or not uh, Olivia's sister saw Claire leaving the house. 
in this case. But I'm like, man, what 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 a jump, you know? You know, she she can't go to the rehearsal dinner because she's like not part of you know the uh, the party or like the bridal party essentially in this case. Uh, so you know she's gonna make her own party in in her own yeah. way. You know she's yeah. she's lonely. Sometimes you know you just gotta flick the bean, do whatever, right? And that's what did she does. Skip, did we skip the part where she nails down her or nails the door to her to her lady cave? I'm trying to remember at what point that is, because we do see her, like, later ripping up the boards. Which, uh, that's the part I wanted to, like, bring up where, like, she, oh, you know, she's so worried about, like, one little, like, drop of blood on her shoe, but she just puts, like, one or two two-by-fours on top of, like, her cellar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, like, the keys directly underneath it to just, oh, you know, like, it's just like, really, lady? Like, I, <laughs> I, I put up more obstacles between me and donuts, you know? Like, it's mm-hmm. just... Like, that's not going to do shit, Claire. But, uh, yeah, so she goes through this. But I, I still thought it was hilarious. Or it's, just, it's so accessible. Like, absolutely anybody could find this shit. And she's pretty not worried about it. But I guess that's what it's like in the suburbs. I don't know. She's not in the suburbs. <laughs> she's in Kansas City, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's what it's like where people have, like, houses. <laughs> I just always lived in an apartment. I feel like, you know, if, if there's any storage of any kind, multiple people have, you know, access to it. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's just where I live. All right. Well, let's continue. <laughs> yeah. So after sneaking out of the bathroom window, this is when Claire uh, kind of goes out of her way again to scalp just some random woman. Which is the director, right? I think. I. It might be. You know, I did it. I, I was looking at my phone during this time and I'm like, wait, who is this chick? <laughs> because, like, I was just so confused. I was um, I was reading up on the director, Jill mm-hmm. Six, and I could have sworn that I read that she did a cameo as uh, one of her victims. Yes, and I remember thinking one. like, oh, shit, that would be the one. And uh, and I actually really like this part because, um, well, first of all, it was a very uh, it was very easy for her to do. But it also made like sense. You know, mm-hmm. she approaches this house. She knocks on the door. She says she needs help. She needs to use a phone. And the 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 woman, uh, she's like distressful. She's like, okay, stay here. She should have closed the door though, because she doesn't close the door. And now she's turning her back to grab her phone. Claire, like you know, uh, stabs her, and then scalps her. And then because she's so stressed out, she really just needs a release. And then she puts on that that scalp and is watching like cartoons or some shit. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, eating pizza and then like, you know, just have and like smiling and and like laughing and. You know, kicking her feet with with just you know careless abandon, I guess I don't know, but uh, <laughs> I thought that was kind of a neat little like, oh, you know, I just need a fix, man. I just needed a little bit, <laughs> which I thought was neat. Yeah, the the, car- then- the cartoons is really what ties that entire thing together because you have that like, that childish laughter, and then you also have the scalped corpse on the ground. <laughs> And I like feel right like beside her. Yeah, and that's very quintessential, like, serial killer move, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you see that in a lot of older, like, you know, uh, um, serial killer movies or psycho movies where it's like, there's always that, like, you know, little cartoon playing in the background, usually something from, like, the 50s. You know, nice and creepy. Nice and creepy. Mm-hmm. It was nice and creepy. All right, so that leads into the day of the wedding. And, of course, Claire arrives to the scene, and uh, she sees Charlie, the groom. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you know, Charlie greets her, and, you know, Claire's just asking him, like, straight up, like, hey, <laughs> like, are you going to be good to to Olivia? And he's just like, what What am I saying? My uh, my balls yeah. right now, basically? And then, you know, eventually, like, gives it, like, yeah, like, you know, he's happy that she's here. And, uh, you know, Claire's there to obviously do Olivia's hair again, uh, you know, helps kind of like fix the veil so it doesn't like mess up any of the work that uh, Claire had put in. And Claire actually like stays a little bit longer to uh, fix up. Uh, I want to say it was the flower girl's hair in this case. Uh, even, yeah, and you're even like, though oh, don't stop her. Even She's even though we, we don't see any flowers being thrown, you know, during the whole uh, bridal party walk. Right before um, the climax, there is a, a couple little scenes where you just get to see um, Olivia's like life and like the nice parts of it, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, her mom being really sweet and awesome, uh, the flower girl, the family, the girlfriends, uh, the the reveal between uh, uh, Olivia and 
they're before the wedding, just sort of showing how much in love they are. And like I was saying, Claire just wants a piece. Right. Uh, so, you know, after all the hair gets done up, we, we get into, uh, you know, Olivia just looking at Claire and, you know, she realizes like, hey, like, are, are you all right? Like, because Claire, Claire was out of it at, at this point in time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Claire looks like she's about to have a mental breakdown. And then, like, she just looks at Olivia <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> I, don't I, I have something to tell you. I don't, I don't run. I don't run. And I, I laughed so hard after that <laughs> because too, I was like, you know, you guys set up this plan. When all of this was done, you would go out, take your morning run. You know, so then, you know, maybe Charlie will, like, ease the fuck up about, you know, Olivia going out on these runs alone. So, you know, maybe having another person there would help ease, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. ease, his, uh, ease his thought process a little bit. And now you're telling me you don't even run. So I was like, Claire, you know, you need to get your shit together, girl. <laughs> like, at this point. <laughs> I can't be me in the scenario of you and me. I have to be you. <laughs> <laughs> But it's just, it's just the fact that, like, Olivia just, like, is, like, oh, <laughs> you know, like, it's just, it, it's such a, like, non-issue, but Claire builds it so much up yeah, in her head to get blown out of proportion, much like she, she, you know, did with a lot of other things in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> All right, tell him, tell him, tell him the, the money shot. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, uh, yeah, obviously it's the day of the wedding at this point, but Claire has one more trick up her sleeve for the big event. And when we see the bride walking down the aisle, uh, you know, she approaches. Charlie flips up the veil, only to see that it is in fact Claire standing before him, wearing the scalp of Olivia. Dun, dun, dun. And I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> And we just hear, you know, Charlie screaming out, uh, along with a ton of like the people at the wedding. Uh, you know, where, where, where's you Olivia? What did you, what did you do to her? What did you do with her? What did and, you do with her? Yeah. And you know, they 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 run off, and that we hit the credits. And I'm just like, you know what? You know, I I know people can have endings in movies that are take it or leave it. Um, you know, there are definitely some movie endings that don't really leave you with a clear indication of what happened but in this case mm-hmm. we know what happened you know like mm-hmm. it's all Believe set up from the first shot you know claire scalped her you know she took her obsession to that that next level uh all eyes were on her you know it, it was a great deception mm-hmm. uh in this yeah. case but you know i i i always found it interesting though that for this collection you know not all of it is technically like her work in regards to like her styling, right? Like sure yeah. she has her she has her own style, but not all of the hair was done up by her specifically right. the moment of the scalping, which I thought was kind of interesting. So there's a little bit of chaos going on there where you well, know when she starts though, right? to lose control, she's just adding more and more and like inheriting uh, or just pretending to be more and more people from different walks of life in this case. Yes. So I don't think she, her collection, yeah, like, so you're, I don't think you're saying that, you know, it didn't make sense that she was collecting hair she hadn't worked on. Right. No, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or or you are saying that. No, I'm, I didn't have a problem with that. I just thought it was yeah, okay, interesting right. that. It was, it is. It yeah. started, it started with the clientele and then it branched out further and further. <clears throat> right. Well, I mean, maybe that was, um, she got, uh, well, she was so scared. She doesn't have any friends except for that little dog. And um, whenever anybody reached out, they just they put themselves in her world. <clears throat> Whereas before, the only other people who were doing that were her clients, which, you know, was cool. But yeah, great ending, you know, lifts the veil. They do that little thing where, like, he's confused because, like, <clears throat> his brain can't wrap around what uh, Charlie's brain can't wrap around what he's seen. And Claire's got this, like, angelic look on her face, you know, like a, a bride would have. You know, just because, like, oh, hello, everyone. Love, peace, love. <laughs> and then, of course, you see, like, the scalp sitting on her on her head and it's all gross and stuff. 
And yeah, I love the ending. And then at the end, like everybody's running out of the church and she's just like left standing there. Mm-hmm. And the little flower girl's just like, what? This is hilarious. Yeah, like she has no idea what what is going on. At this yeah, point. she doesn't know what's going on. And everybody's running out. And then she slowly starts getting like, I don't th- I don't think that she was getting the realization. I think she was uh, going into depression like mm-hmm. like it like the 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 fantasy wasn't working out. But I don't know if she was coming back from that one because that was a pretty deep one. So, yeah, that was I thought it was a pretty great ending. I liked it a lot. I um, was a pretty big fan of the movie. I, I really dug it. And like some some other things to mention to um, when Claire's work gets a little sloppier. You know, we do see more and more postings about missing persons uh, that she had killed throughout the movie as well. So, you know, maybe that was one of the reasons why she was trying to close off her uh, lady cave Mm -hmm. in this case. Uh, But, you know, I have to say, like, I I really liked the, the way that this film was shot. There are a lot of, like, Giallo esque colorings especially when you got to like the club yeah. scene and she's in the bathroom and you can kind of see or like the stall doors are like this very vibrant blue and you kind of have like that neon light in background mm-hmm. there are there are a lot of colors in this movie that really help pop to like bring everything together so i just say i was i was a big fan of it uh it it you know, B. Grant has been in a lot of movies that I have enjoyed within this genre. Um, you know, I really liked her in Lucky, which is another one that is on Shudder uh, that had like a secret screen in initially before it officially launched on a streaming mm-hmm. platform, which I, I really dug. Uh, contract? But that was. Yeah. Did no, it's. That one? Contract? Yeah. Or are you talking contact? Contact? The one where it's an STD that tears her body. Oh, contracted. Apart. Contracted. <laughs> there we go. That movie was fucking rad. And uh, she did really well on that one, too. Yeah, that was uh, Najara. Mm-hmm. Najara. Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about her. Sorry. No, I was talking about uh, B. Grant. <clears throat> oh, sorry. Okay, yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't do that one. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the the fear of sex might definitely be one to uh, to go at at some point. And that, that would definitely be one on the list. It was good. To talk about. That one did have a sequel, too. I don't think I've seen the sequel Oh, yet. did it? I haven't seen the sequel, actually. But I thought the first one was fantastic. And I didn't immediately recognize Ajara from that. Mm-hmm. But then, um, as I was, like, you know, kind of poking around in, in uh, the interwebs about the movie, then I was like, no shit. Because I saw that one back when it came out, which was, oh, like, 10 years ago. It was a long time ago. Yeah. It's quite a bit of time. So, so all in all, like, I have to say, really happy with this. You know, I I watched the short film after to kind of like see, OK, like what was the lead into this? Uh, but it, it was more just focused on, OK, we got the one kill. You saw the lady cave. Mm-hmm. And now we got more, you know, the, fo- the feature film in this case, uh, which is always kind of interesting to see, like how it goes from, you know, one way of storytelling to the next because uh, we kind of we saw it recent. I think most recently was probably with Lights Out was another short film turned uh, feature film that okay. I remember them doing. But I can't remember too many kind of like in between hmm. off the top of my head anyway. Me either. No uh, help at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving you hanging. Wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> you know what? Maybe I just need to ghost you for a few days. How about that? Fine. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. So, so don't like randomly text me. I'm just going to ignore you. But I re you know, it was the the movie was definitely like uh billed as like, oh, the very like, you know, I don't know if the word feminine applies mm-hmm. because feminine has like a softer connotation, but very like just uh you know, like the female serial killer. And it just I thought it really was really successful. I mean, from the tools that she used, which reminded me a little bit of um, the same way that I felt about audition, mm-hmm. where all of the tools that, you know, the the color, the heroine and the heroine in that movie were uh, small, delicate, um, precise. You know, we were not bludgeoning. We're not bludgeoning. We're not um, using machetes. We're not using any large, blunt instruments. We're using like sharp small instruments precise cuts and uh, i thought that was really cool uh the lady cave i was a big fan of because again if it were wigs and not scalps i'd be totally fine with that shit i'd be like that looks nice <laughs> i'll just do my makeup here 
got a little dog, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, like pepper. There was pepper. Yeah. So a lot, a lot of the movie like just made a lot of sense. And it just, it was something that I could really connect with because it's, you know, like, uh, just, a just a lot of similarities between like the way that I live and the way that she lives, like with the killing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it was just, you know, cool to be able to like see myself reflected other than we look very different, but still, you know, I think we might be very close in age because again, contracted was a really fucking long time ago. She looks fantastic. I'm going to look that shit up. How old is Najara? Yeah. You, look you, you look it up while I tell everyone what we are doing next week on the podcast. Yay! All right. That's going to be a good one too. So next Wednesday, uh, we are talking the Stepford wise release in 1975. Oh. Directed by Brian Forbes. And I've, I've already told you, I, I, I have not seen this movie. This is also one that had been re- semi-recently. Not, I mean, it's not that recent. Uh, remade uh, as well. Like in 10 the years 2000s, ago. That's right. uh, so I'm probably going to end up watching both. Uh, but obviously I'll watch the original first. And I'll go back and watch the Nicole Kidman uh, version. Which, you know, I might like more specifically just because of her. Well, what, what, I'll tell you guys I next week after, yeah. after I watch that. Yeah. It, it was basically, I think, Moulin Rouge that really turned me around on her, specifically, uh, as an hmm. actress. Hard for me to say. I think I've always just kind of liked her. and um, uh, But, yeah, I'll have to think about that. We can talk all about <laughs> Nicole Kidman next time. Absolutely. Yes. But for now, that will do it for us here tonight on Handle with Scare. Uh, as always, if you guys like what we're doing, please reach out to us. Uh, leave us a review over on iTunes uh, or your podcast podcast app of choice but itunes is basically the go-to let's know how we're doing all that good stuff uh but if you are looking to contact us you can do so a number of different ways you can email the show at handlewithscarepod at gmail.com we also have our website uh handlewithscarepod.com we also have our community discord uh just a reminder we do a double feature every tuesday night starting at 7 30 p.m pacific time over on cast and you could find uh the link to our cast room on our website as well. Uh, so a lot of good stuff happening there. Uh, and now I know the new creep show season is starting and we've always <laughs> watched that uh, on Twisted Tuesdays. So oh. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But, you know, it's streaming. There's there's a lot of good stuff coming to Shudder for, for Halloween. So keep your eyes peeled. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll let you know when the better stuff hits there for sure. I'm going to get a membership again. I tend to do like on and off, on, off and on, on and off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to, when when all of a sudden you feel like oh I think I've seen everything here. I so, well, it's a good time I, to go back. I, I wouldn't say I use it daily, but I definitely use it weekly. So I, I can't say I'm at the point where I'm like oh man I need to let this lapse at any point. <laughs> There's just too much good stuff. A lot of good stuff, Shutter. I love Shutter. Uh, but as for Twitter, you can also reach us there at handle Whisker. Uh, but Holly, you know you didn't use up all your guesses, so you know <gasps> why don't you fire off a couple more? Okay, Connor. (laughs) No. Okay, all right. Um, Matt. Nope. Nope. Okay. Um, Bert. What? Bert. No. Like Bert Reynolds. No. No? Okay. All right. Um, Tatum. (laughs) Nope. No, no Tatum. Uh, No. my god i need to write these down <laughs> <laughs> i still haven't done that i'm like no i've already tried this friend group let's try that friend group full of dude names uh ron nope okay that's five okay that's five all right thank you <laughs> you know you, you okay. got, got i gotta make sure you get them in because otherwise this is thank just gonna you. take entirely too long it's already taken entirely too long you know it really has. At some point, you might just have to give it to me. All right. Well, thank you so much. I've had such a lovely time. It's been a crazy day. It's been a crazy week, but I'm really looking forward to Stepford Wives. Yep. And we'll, uh, I- I'm curious to see what that is going to entail, just because, like, I- I've heard bits and pieces about it, but I've never actually seen it. But, it's you know, crazy. I've I've enjoyed everything that we've talked about uh, this month. And uh, obviously, next week, we'll be talking about what is happening next for our next phobia but for now that will do it for us here tonight on handle with scare i've been your host t joined as always by my co-host holly and we will see you guys uh next week